Before we get into today's episode, we'd just like to chat with you about a few things. First, most of the content on this podcast is our opinion, and we don't really do extensive research before the episodes. Second, you may not agree with our opinion, but that's okay. Friendly reminder that you're choosing to listen to this. You can choose not to agree. We still love you anyways. Now, without further ado, let's fuck small talk. Hi, Ashay. Hey, Danny. (laughs) How's it going? I'm great. How are you? Good. Uh, Welcome, folks, to another off-topic episode where Ashay and I get everything off our chest that we need to get off our chest and uh, feel really good about it, and you get to listen. Oh, yeah. Or also just clear our minds of, like, things we've been thinking about. Toast, 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 toast. Um, did I leave that in the Taylor episode? I think I did. I think you did. Good. Felt, so it's got context that I felt we badly about cutting it. Yeah, no, it, it's part of our brand. Mm-hmm. So something I just started a new job, as you know, which is very, very amazing, and I'm so happy about it. Um, and uh, actually, we can do a cheers. Yeah, let's do a cheers. We don't have to be quiet about to that. To your new job. Yeah. Congratulations. Okay, let's take a sip. To bigger and better. Oh shit, that's good. that's good. I am so happy we did it in that order. Yeah. We should do, since we usually have a beer in front of us when we record, we should do a beer review. Oh my god! Oh my god. I'm writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me get the bottle. One sec. Off topic topics beer reviews. Okay. What's the bottle name on this one? This one is um, Malediction? Malediction. I don't know. I don't speak French. Okay, so it's a milk stout. Actually, we we should put it on our... um... We'll see it on our Instagram. Oh, my God. Whoa, that's exactly what I was going to say. Will we, though? Because we have a very carefully tailored aesthetic. We can do... Oh, you mean like not putting alcohol? No, just... Oh, you mean... And a highlight. Oh, and a highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beer review highlights. Nice! Boom! Okay, so this is a milk stout cacao vanilla. Uh, cocoa vanilla. Um, it says, in the mouth, notes of coffee, <laughs> <laughs> chocolate, and toasted malt combine their powers to shiver your taste buds with oh a sweet God. vanilla finish. Without a doubt, uh, Malediction is a beer the gods would savor. How sexual can you get in a beer this description? Is so extra. Jeez, but it is actually so good. Okay, so started a new job. First day, I went to this event, um, and there was a panel of women in tech that are in leadership positions. And I was like, that's totally me. Sign me up. I want to listen to these amazing women talk about their experiences. So then at the end, they opened it up to a Q&A, and I decided to ask a question that was on my mind. Um, and I wasn't disappointed in their response because like I was judging them it just validated the reason I asked the question and a bigger problem that I wanted to talk about and I was like where can I talk about this and then remembered holy shit I have a podcast (laughs) so where we force you to listen to us kind of Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the whole thing was about talking about their experiences um, specifically from a female perspective in tech and just some of the issues and challenges you face that are fairly unique to women comparatively yeah. to men. So the question I asked is like a lot of times as women trying to get to leadership positions or just like in a really competitive 
typically male-dominated field, um, you work so hard to just have a seat at the table and you're pushing and pushing and pushing to the next goal, the next thing, and you you kind of forget to appreciate the strides you've taken or like the experiences you've had and celebrate those successes. At least I know I do and I've talked to other women in my life and they do as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I know if you ask... Um, Again, we're getting really stereotypical here. So there are men who I know who break this stereotype and I know women who break this stereotype. But I know a lot of men feel comfortable talking about their accomplishments and egos are celebrated. Whereas for women, that's we're supposed to be more humble, more compassionate, like less focused on our, our actual results. And we tend to be more about we've accomplished this despite me being the workhorse on this project or something like that, like right. as an example. Right. So I asked these women, I was like, what do you do or what have you done? Because they were VPs and stuff. So they've lived a long road of success. I was like, what have you done along the way to celebrate success? Um, And it was open to all of them. There was five of them available to answer. And only one actually answered. And she was the youngest of the group and relatively to the others, the least experienced. And she said... I don't really do that and I know it's something I need to do. And so I was actually just at a workshop where now I've just started this Excel spreadsheet that's a running list of things I'm going to appreciate that I've accomplished. And then she turned tried to turn it over to the rest of them and no one else offered up an answer. Whether that About was how they celebrate their success? Yes, and whether that was the moderator previously saying like when there's Q&A try and only one of you answer because I've been told that as a panelist where I was like okay try and only one person answers so that we don't have all folks answering every question. However, it just made me a little disappointed that the one answer was I don't celebrate it. Like, I don't know how to cel- stop and celebrate my own successes. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like this is a bigger problem of like, women need to feel comfortable being like, I fucking killed it today. Like, I, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Look at what I did. I did it. I also think uh, it's interesting because I think there's it, there's layers to that. Like, I don't just think the issue is isolated and that we don't celebrate success enough but i think it could also be that we don't recognize a, a success as a success enough like i think we don't call a spade a spade yes which is a phrase that you've taught me how to what it means and how to use it so thank you for that no hashtag Danny t- teaches me white people think <laughs> <laughs> um, that's no, totally like, true yeah i just don't think we call a spade a spade when it comes to success i i i was doing some thinking about this topic the other day and i realized because like, i was talking to somebody and it was at work and they were talking about this project and one of the first questions i like to ask when someone's asking me about a project or what i think about about something i love to ask what does success in this project look like for you what are your criteria for success what would have to happen in order for you to say yes this was successful you're so business and (laughs) this is i actually picked this up from lex this is a lex teaching yeah she does this to me in my personal life without telling me and then eventually i noticed i caught her i was like (laughs) ha get it now (laughs) And a little wax on, wax off methodology. Mr. Miyagi kind of thing, yeah. And so I asked this person, and as is typical when I ask this question, people often have a lot of criteria for success. Like, oh, if this, 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 and, that's the key word, and this happened, then I call this a success. Which I don't really touch on initially when they ask me that question. I'm like, okay, good, you've thought about the things that you need to be able to call a success. My question then becomes, all right, what would define failure? Ooh, here for love you. it and i just don't think people define failure because you know what often happens when i ask that question is people don't have a response or the response is oh if any of those things don't happen and i've 
I have got to get better at, but what I like to do is call out that, look, you just told me that eight or nine things have to happen exactly the way you plan them, and otherwise you won't even call this event a success. But if not even one of those things happens, the event's a failure, which I don't think is fair to you. Fascinating. Or to the Whatever your project is, you just I just don't think people take the time, to, as much time as they take to define success, Nobody defines failure. So I think people need to define success less. Like, hey, yeah, sure, you wanted you wanted 15 things to happen on this project, but three of them happened and the project still benefited people, right? There was still there were still positive outcomes. It wasn't as many as you wanted, but there were still positive outcomes. I think that still counts as a success. So I think we need to pare down our criteria and our rules. It's about rules for success and failure. I think we need to pare down what we have rules to be able to call things success call more things a success, call a spade a spade, and conversely, add more rules for failure, right? Like, it's not a failure if you set an astronomical goal and didn't hit it. I guarantee you most businesses in the world, when they're setting annual targets, they set a target that they know full well they're not going to hit. That's the point of targets. If, if everyone is hitting their targets all day, all night, then there's no point setting them. And so they, but then they don't call, when they fall short of that target, they don't call it a failure, they say, hey, we had a great year in the face of whatever business lingo. In the face of headwinds, we had a great year. That was so business. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Facing great headwinds, we still output close to with, like within 3% of plan. You still missed plan, but they're still calling a success. I think people don't do that in their personal life. That was my rant. No, I, I was going to say that's, that's so relatable um, because... Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> but I think a theme in what you just said is managing expectations appropriately to the entire context. Huge, yeah. Because, for example, I went into my first day of work knowing full well I was going to come out of it feeling low. Because I go into any first day, first um, game of a sport, first whatever, wanting to be perfect, which is unrealistic. And I don't really set those criteria of like, if I learned like five people's names and like one process, holy fuck, first day was Successful a huge success. Day. Huge. And even though I went in knowing this is part of my personality, I still came out articulating, yeah, like I feel kind of overwhelmed because I, I don't feel like an expert yet. Literally said those words. Eight hours in. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how am I not an expert? This is uh, ridiculous. So I really agree. And I think I'm going to take those wise words and put them into action. Or hopefully, maybe I'll like report back in on the next off topic, how I was able to appropriately set criteria for failure and success. I also think like if just doing that personally, but then also if you're if you're part of a team, I think that can also make you a better leader. Right. Like if if you're celebrating small wins more, your team's going to see that it's going to boost morale. One woman on the panel said it later. She referenced my question and she actually said Ask me to celebrate my team's successes and done. I'm there. I could do it all fucking day. She didn't say that, but she meant that. Yeah. <laughs> but like turned it on to herself and she has a really hard time. Yeah. And I, I actually, I don't know if this is helpful, but I, and I didn't mean to start doing this, but I've now done it for two years. Where two years. Very casual. Amount of time. <laughs> okay. I didn't mean to do it. But <laughs> it only, happen, it only happens at one, one point in the year. It okay. only happens at one point in the year. Okay. So that's why it's not hard to do it two years in a row. For 730 straight days, <laughs> I accidentally did this thing. Oh, shit. I think I just deleted something. Oh, fuck. Uh, remind, remind me. to. No, I'll do it later. Okay. Um, so I 
at the end of the year, it was a year I really felt like I could have looked at the year as a failure because I had some of the most traumatic things I've ever had happen to me happen to me in that year. But I chose because somebody, I think I said something along those lines to somebody and they were like, didn't you like do this and this? And it was only two of the things they referenced, but I was like, oh shit, like. I guess I did. Maybe I did do something great. So then I started writing a list um, of what I accomplished in that year. I love it. I love that. And I posted it on Instagram. I wasn't doing it for validation. I was doing it for myself, but I posted it in, um, oh, I think I archived the photo, but it was just like literally a list. It was like attended this, did this, went here, started this, graduated, got a car, moved into my apartment. Like it was just like that kind of stuff that. Well, each item gave me some sort of satisfaction. And when I looked at this list, I was like, holy shit, I did a lot. Yeah. And then in the next year, I started just keeping a running tally of stuff I did. And not all of it made it into what I felt like my end of the year list should be like. Like one was, I think I went camping twice or something like that. But on my own, like it was my own stuff. I wasn't like following along on somebody else. Like I initiated it. So it was like something I felt in that moment was an accomplishment. But then the end of the year, I ended up removing it from, I didn't post the second year one. I kept it for myself, which really validated that it gave me value. It wasn't for the people. Yeah. Um, And I edited it. There were some things that at the end of the year, I was like, oh, like in comparison, like I kind of forgot this happened. But in comparison to this, like, holy shit, this was so memorable. It's a big win. Yeah. Yeah, And so now it's helped me appreciate when I do things. Oh, I have to add it to that list. So it's now like made me conscious of this. And I actually, so funny I'm saying this. I'm having this moment where I was listening to a podcast where they did that. It was a a therapist recommended that any time something made them happy, they had to write it down. I love that. So now I've I've now done it two years. Now I know that it's a thing. It's become a habit. And so I'm going to continue to do this. And it was like a way for me to document my successes. I love that. I think I kind of want to start doing that too. But I think that also ties into the fact that just in general, I think as people, we spend a lot of time focusing on the negative. Like, honestly, if you ask people who do reflections, I guarantee you the amount of reflection, people are more likely to reflect on negative experiences than they are positive. But I think there's value that comes out of reflecting on both. And what you're doing really is reflecting on positive experiences that you had throughout the year. And so I I just think there's this focus on the negativity, the negative, the less positive side of things and i think yeah i think you're spot on i love i love that you keep that list i love that you look at that every year and kind of you, you need to you need to have that talk with yourself yeah just, i think it's just better as a whole you need to celebrate small wins totally you know I mean? another sorry one more thing then we can move on from this one more uh tip again still working at this i may sound preachy but it's more just to like say it out loud so I feel like I am doing something to help myself so don't make, don't think I'm trying to tell you like do this because I'm amazing but there's this uh, one thing I've started to do where I'll say a negative sentence so like right now still single could be just negative I could be like dating fucking sucks which like it do- it's rough but like then I put it into perspective. So the negative statement is off the top it's that default like it comes to my brain and then I start with like but statements where I'm mm. like but you uh so in the last year i've dated two people for like short periods of time but they both taught me something but you had something last more than a first date but you actually like didn't compare that person to your ex or but this and so like i put it into perspective like those but statements below that negative as a thought process has been really helpful to like put the full context because i force yourself to to keep those in in your mind top of mind yeah yeah 
So yeah, just a little tip. Frame, you can't frame up an experience by only looking at one side of things. Yeah. Right. I I just I love that, and it's it's disappointing to me that 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 conference you went to there weren't better answers to your question because I think that it's true. Like you just need to everyone needs to celebrate their success a little bit more. Have fewer rules for what constitutes a success, and maybe more rules for what constitutes a failure. Yeah. And I think that the world's a better place for that. You did amazing today in something. Yeah, everybody. Everybody, everybody getting money. Everybody. Um, we get really hood sometimes. It's fine. We do, which also is very interesting to me because I feel like it's like a natural state for me. Yeah. But I don't get to do it a lot. Yeah. Um, hood is a natural state for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm <Shay's criticism. laughs> As you look at my basic bitch She's outfit. sitting here wearing a gray cardigan. <laughs> Uh, what are they called? Um, you don't know me. The 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 jeans that are higher, uh, uh, raised waist. High waisted. High waisted jeans with a tucked in shirt. Yeah, I look really basic right now. <laughs> I have a scrunchie in my hair, like it's, hood, it's, hood. I'm super hood. Detroit way, yeah. <laughs> hood, hood, verbally, hood, verbally, hood, my hood. demeanor. Yeah, what though? Like, my aesthetic is basic as fuck, yeah, but my demeanor, demeanor. Hood rat. Hood rat. Hood rat. But you also like you you mentioned that you kind of you're into the more rap, hip hop, yeah, hippity hop music, tatted guys. Yeah, actually though, <laughs> do it for you. You're like, not wrong. <laughs> I know, I know. Tatted guys that are muscular for no reason, like they have no, they're not athletes. They're just yeah, they're just muscular. You're yeah, no, I get it. I think that's okay though. I know you've mentioned before that you don't yeah, feel some, great about it. I have some insecurities about the privilege and the skin color I have that it's a little bit aggressive to be like outwardly into a community that is not yours that your culture has oppressed let me so let me just come out here and say that one of my favorite things to watch is MTV's Wild and Out which is the most it's the it's so black it's it's like it's Nick Cannon and they had just a, it just celebrates it just celebrates black culture in in the US but in like a Nick they're like roasting they have rap battles they have roast offs they have like two people have Oh like, yeah, I have seen this but like clips on YouTube. Yes. I haven't like watched the full thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Wow, I know. And I just I love it. It's so funny. I'm super into it. I watch it every single day on Instagram or in some medium cuz I'm trying to catch up and I just so I don't, and I'm I'm so brown. Yeah. I'm so not in my demeanor or anything. I'm not really hood. So like I, I'm not. Uh, I just, and also one of my favorite podcasts is The Nod. I was just gonna say I I was just gonna shout out The Nod and be like I absolutely love observing Black culture and really getting into Black culture and understanding Black culture. But you feel guilty about it. No, well, white guilt is a whole thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But, like, it's not... I don't feel guilty. I just feel self-aware mm-hmm. that I can't preach as if it is my own culture. Or it's my be. own aesthetic. Like, it's... it's I'm appreciating black it culture. It doesn't have to be your own culture, your own aesthetic to appreciate, though, and to enjoy it. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. But people, if they don't talk to me long enough, might not assume that I'm well oh, they'd be like who's this bitch they'd be like yeah who's this bitch but yeah. I, I i try and be as woke as i can and i'm always learning so shouts out the nod shouts out nick cannon if you're listening for sure send me lots of money um that mariah divorce money our patreon page is no <laughs> <laughs> there's a donations menu on our website now hey listen all i'm saying is we shouted out while and out I'm just, you know, looking for a little a tit for there. a tat. Tit for a tat, you know? I'd love to know where that came from, that expression. 
this is what I do anytime I hear like a yeah. like a like a white person like thing. That's what I just like to know. But like you've heard that one, right? I've heard tit for a tat. Let's look it up. Tit for what is a tit and what's a tat? I mean, I can infer. <laughs> I know, but, what a tit but, is. but I'm not going to. Tit for tat meaning. It's an English saying meaning equivalent Thank retaliation. You. It's also a highly effective strategy in game theory for the iterated prisoner's dilemma. That's boring. Nah, 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 nah. Hold on. I'm just going to go to um, the the phrase or the phrase. The phrase originally <laughs> came from another Fraser phrase. Tip for tap, first used in 1558. No, oh, that's silly. <laughs> History is silly. It's it's a strategy. It's like a social psychology strategy. It's like a strategy. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Peer-to-peer file sharing. What the fuck am I reading right now? Yeah, get out of here. This is, okay. This was a terrible segment. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. the segment. I'm over it. Get it out of here. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what tit for tat means. To me, it means a titty for a tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what we were all thinking. Titty for a tattoo. Um, We're just going to start saying that now. Hey. A a titty for a tattoo. Titty for a tattoo. (laughs) Except not in our work world. Hashtag titty for tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. I really just think we- Hashtag titty tattoo. Ow. Wow. Ow. Ow. You said ow. (laughs) That would hurt. There's people that have titty tattoos. Yeah. I've seen the cleavage tattoo where it's like, I think that's really pretty. Anyways. Pretty. Like where it's like in the, I wonder if I I can like pull it up, where it's like really detailed. Yeah. And I just, then I just, I'm. You're distracted? I'm just distracted. (laughs) I don't want to be, like I, it takes a lot to not, like I have to, I'm trying to be respectful and courteous. Yeah. And then it's just. All I can throw at the window with the tattoo there. I can't not look at it. <laughs> I mean, if you put it there, I feel like you're looking to get people to look at it. That's true. Also, you know what I noticed as what? we're, what, 20 minutes into this episode? We said we we're going to do a beer review. All we did was read the label. We didn't comment on it at all, I don't think. I mean, I said it's really good. <laughs> oh, my God. It has a temperature. It says 9 degrees. Does that mean that's the opt- optimal temperature? I think so. I think so. so fun fact, they... steam whistle... I have the like that milk pitcher thing. It it tells you an optimal temperature to serve at four to six degrees. Wow! I didn't know beers had optimal temperature. Well, I, I figured they did, but I didn't think wow. they'd tell you the optimal. That's like red wine is optimally served slightly chilled. Really? Yeah, there's like it's like you barely notice it's chilled, except it's just not like that warm that you would take off your wine rack and pour it into a glass and sip so what, it. So you put it in the fridge for like ten minutes? No, no, no. It's like you have to have proper temperature controlling oh, for sp- like it's up. like super bougie. I was at like a wine place and I took a sip and was like, um, excuse me, is this chilled? And she was like, Yeah, actually it is slightly chilled, but that's the optimal it's really Italian. Where was this? Down the street at Casa Rigatoni. It's not what it's called. And they have like this but- <laughs> whole Casa Rigatoni. <laughs> Casa lasagna I had a casa lasagna. Oh, that's brutal. Let me actually. Casa fettuccine Alfredo. Ru- Rugatino? Rugatino. Rugatino. Or Rugatino? No, I don't no, know. No, Rugatino. Rugatino? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's in Belmont Village in Kitchener. Check it out. It's the best. Oh, man. We're shouting out everybody on this. Yeah. Get that sponsorship money. We're not paid. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> We're off the rails. Um, the beer is really good. So it's this stout. It's this. Um, it's a. It's a. It's called a milk stout, but it has this like dark chocolate taste to it. Yeah. It's um, really. Oh, okay. What does it say? In the mouth. 
Yeah, in the- notes of coffee, chocolate, and mm. toasted malt. Mm. I think that's a really good combination. Yes, the mouthfeel of this particular mm. stout. I see, I see, I see. Astounding. It's actually really good. Check it out. We'll post it on our um, beer review story that we're starting. After I like this. that we just started this segment and we're the worst at it. And we're kind of, <laughs> I don't. I have no intention to get better at reviews. We are it. ideas people. <laughs> Follow through is hard for us. We talked about this on the last off topic. <laughs> Get on our level. Just for we're not gonna get better at reviewing beer. I just want you to know that we're just gonna tell you what beer we're drinking and the optimal temperatures. <laughs> that's it. And we're just gonna describe if the label's pretty or not. Yeah, and and we're drinking it at cheers glasses. Oh, I, I just I've been staring. I've been holding the bottle in my hand, but I haven't actually looked at the picture. And it's kind of creepy. There's like a grim reaper. What the fuck? Crawling on the ground beside the glass. Since Look. when? Oh damn. Yeah, that's terrifying. I sounded like Chris Rock there. No, you didn't. You sounded like no, a Shea Pade. No, I sounded like Chris Tucker in, in Rush Hour. I haven't seen Rush Hour. You would... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't. <laughs> I need to go home. I need to leave. <laughs> anyway, this has apparently won three awards. Holy. And it's... You it's... done good, kid. Where'd you get Do this from? Brewery? Oh, it's, it's the you micro... bought it for me. It's the microbrewery of St. Bach. So it's a Quebec beer. But where did you get this? Quebec. Oh right, you guys went right. Yeah, it's a Saint. It's www.saintbach.com, uh, and there is for sure a Grim Reaper on the ground here. Yeah, those are marshmallows. Those are marshmallows. Yeah, it looks like marshmallows. Yeah, this is a very. Do you like marshmallows? No. Hmm. Even like over the roasted fire. No. Over the roasting, I don't know why I said the it. The fire like isn't roasted. <laughs> The fire is just, just ignore fire. how weird I just said that. We've been weird all episode. We have been weird all I'm episode. I'm stressed about it. No, um, no, I don't like marshmallows. I think they're just straight sugar. Like, do I find them low key addictive because sugar's addictive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard of ghost gum? Ghost gum? Yeah. I've never heard of. Ghost okay, gum. I don't know if this was a real thing or if it was just like my weird ass friends in Oxbridge thing. Okay. Um, but what you did is you took a big marshmallow and you put your um. What is this finger? Index finger? Yep. Your index finger and your thumb finger alternating on both sides. And you just pull apart the marshmallow back and forth. Like you just alternate your hands until yeah. you just keep going. And it like makes it like really gelatinous. Like because they're like puffy and soft. Yeah. But it, like once you like it's as if you were to like um, mix marshmallows with a yeah. hand blender. But yeah. that's what you're doing with your hand. And then you ate it. That's how candy canes are made. Yeah, it's super. I weird. mean, they don't start with marshmallows, but if, when you when mm. you, when you tease, um, I guess it's a form of kneading. When you knead sugar like that, it happens. Oh. So you ha- do you know how naan's made? No. Similar thing. They just take this giant clump of dough. There's a hook on a wall, like just a peg on a wall, and you put it on, and then pull it down really hard, and then take that loop, put it down, and pull it hard, and you just keep going. You just, there's a lot of physical manual labor, and that makes naan. But the same thing with candy cane, and when they make it, it's just sugar, and it's it's like it's in the, it's it's soft, it's warmed up, so it's soft, and they just have to like put, fold it and pull it and fold it and pull it and tease it. And so it. after beer review, we've now become how it's made. Yeah, yeah you were on. Um, <laughs> What's that Food Network show? I don't know. I How it's made. We're gonna call it. How it's made. How it's made was a great show. Fire! I used to watch it as a kid. Yeah. Oh my god! Can you play the intro song on the episode? Because oh, yeah. it was it was so iconic. Can Can you do that? Yeah, Will yeah, it let me pick try up it on now. the? I'm just so curious. It'd be so memorable. Intro song. Oh wow! This is a popular search. Yes. Yes. The one hour version. <laughs> Yes, this. 
yeah, that was it. that was hilarious. That was so way back playback. I fucking love this theme song. Also, I didn't realize how like techno clubby this theme song was. I know. I can picture like the background when it does this. That, anyways, that was such a nostalgic little. I'm gonna have to keep less than thirty seconds of that because I'm not trying to get that copyright lawsuit. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to another episode of F small talk wish me luck on the date i'm about to go on good luck on this day you're yeah. gonna kill it thank you're gonna, you, you thank your you. nails look amazing thank you. you you got it believe me uh thanks listeners and we'll talk to you next week see ya thank you for listening if you have questions comments concerns or feedback you can shoot us an email by emailing fsmalltalk at gmail.com, reach out to us on Instagram at fsmalltalk, or visit our website, fsmalltalk.com. We wanted to give a big thank you to our lovely and talented friend Ada for the musical considerations. She's an amazing up-and-coming independent recording artist specializing in R&B, pop, and funk. She's available for collabs and shows, so if you liked what you heard, simply hit her up on Instagram, at AdaSoLive. That's at A-I-D-A so live. If you want to hear more of her stuff, you can find her at soundcloud.com forward slash Ada so live. That's soundcloud.com forward slash A-I-D-A so live. She's amazing, so definitely go check her out. A big thank you also goes out to Lonnie for producing the awesome track you heard. He is an R&B and hip-hop producer who's worked with major artists, including Drake, Beyonce, and Lil Wayne. He's available to work with at his Toronto studio, so if you're interested, simply check him out on Instagram at HitHouseToronto. That's at HitHouseToronto. So again, big thank you to Ada and Lonnie. This podcast was brought to you by us. And also beer. And also coffee. Because what is sleep even? Also, hi mom. Love you. <laughs>